I'm Dan Masterson, host of Strategy Talk, where we take a unique view of world events. We report news as history. With me today is the editor of StrategyPage.com and well-known military author, Jim Dunnigan. Associate editor and syndicated columnist, Austin Bay, also joins us. Welcome, Jim and Austin. Thought we'd talk a little bit, start talking a little bit about WannaCry and then move into cyber warfare from there. Austin, you wrote an article. What was the uh, your basic thesis of that article that you wrote? This well, it, look, I use WannaCry, the uh, malware, the extortion, which is an extortion operation. And I, I'll, we'll, I'll let Jim go into the details of it. But the, the WannaCry was ransomware. It gets into a computer uh, encrypts all of the victim's information, and then you have to pay off the uh, extortionists in order to get your information back decrypted, or, or they'll destroy it. And and I I compared that. It's it's really little different functionally, operationally. It's 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 very different, but the same function is with a mobster who. Uh, <clears throat> you know, throws a, a brick through a, a grocery store window in 1930 Chicago or uh, New York City or burns the uh, office of a, of a shoe store and then says, pay me off or I'll, I'll kill everything or I'll de- destroy everything. It's an extortion operation. But I didn't just leave it talking about wanna cry and it's a fact that it's a, a form of economic attack. I moved into what's called gray area or now more commonly because it's become kind of one of the uh, buzzwords, uh, gray zone warfare, something that exists somewhere between peace and war. And I even mentioned Ukraine, which we've discussed many times on, on strategy talk. Eastern, uh, uh Ukraine, Russia succeeded in and, and waging war in the Donbass region in the gray zone. They will take a bite out of uh, uh, Ukraine, take a neighborhood or the like, and then they cover it with propaganda and, nego- and, and negotiation. And, okay, it's warfare. Uh, but at the same time, it hasn't risen to the quote-unquote level where uh, that it's uh, a, a regional threat uh, overtly. Covert, covertly, it is. And I, I, I said that WannaCry is an example, too, of why uh, some analysts uh, and, I mean, the, the, some security uh, people in the and uh, in, in both the government and in, in, in commercial uh, cybersecurity say, you know, it's, it's a, gray, a gray zone attack. Is it uh, military security or is it, uh, is it criminal? You don't know. Uh, for sure. So the the column was an opportunity to discuss this kind of uh, neither world of it's it's not war, it's not peace. It ties in with several things that uh, Kang and Wang, the two People's Liberation Air Force colonels who came out with uh, their uh, stri- uh, strategic treatise in, the, in 1999. Jim doesn't like the name unrestricted warfare. It's uh, the and the. The, the mandarins, literally the mandarins, say it's warfare without bounds is, is the more appropriate uh, translation of, of, uh, of their book. But it's generally called unrestricted warfare because that was the original uh, translation uh, name put, on, uh, put to it when it was first translated uh, into English. And they talk in warfare without bounds. They talk about how you can degrade an adversary's uh, capabilities 
uh, over time, and because they're they're classicists, that you know they say this it's really nothing new. It's just that they're in a in in the world with all the in, integrated trade uh, and economics and communications like that. You have more opportunities for doing it now. I don't say this in the column, but they devote uh, a, a significant portion of one chapter, actually, to talking about George Soros and his economic machinations that, he, that they, they say were actually a form of warfare against the so-called Asian tiger economies of the 1990s. These, uh, they were rapidly developing. Indonesia was among them. Uh, uh, that, uh, uh, that, that were savaged. And they they say that you know they've got evidence that said that Soros was doing these things for his own benefit, but there uh, it was a gray zone warfare type uh, type operations, you know, a war without a war without bounds. Uh, I do mention Kang and Wang in the uh, uh, in, in in the column. So if if somebody wanted to go go to the Wikipedia for unrestricted warfare, they'd get a a fairly good uh, rundown on 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 what the uh, two those two colonels uh, had to say. By the way, one of them now I think has been promoted to major general. The other fellow's retired, but he's still a professor at uh, one of the uh, Chinese uh, uh, war colleges. Uh, and both both absolutely brilliant uh, uh, brilliant men. So th that's what that was the gist of the column. Want to cry? And, and I know Jim's going to talk about it and about you know, malware and and the like and what it did and 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 how it you know this was tied to a a, a, a an outfit uh, that extortionist criminal criminal extortion. But we're, we're we're in an era where this kind of operation can be part of uh, a. Uh, 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 part of a war, part of an uh, uh, part of an attack. So that that's the way that that column. Oh, and I I did add something else to it. I just didn't stay in, say in uh, cyberspace. I pointed out to a extortion slash ecological terrorist operation that uh, happened in 1989, early 1990 in Southern California, where there was this group that was that FBI and 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 other uh, police agencies concluded they probably did it went around putting out med flies in uh, in uh, produce areas and on farms in in, in in California and they threatened to continue to do it uh, uh, if uh, the state of California didn't uh, ban aerial spraying using uh, that pesticide malathion and eventually, that was uh, uh, the malathion aerial spraying was banned in, uh, or terminated in California. Uh, but they they were directly uh, attacking uh, the uh, agriculture. It was agro terror, and they had a they had a political aim. Uh, and to some degree, they got they got what they wanted. I didn't go into the deep background on the situa uh, situation uh, there, but California makes Dan every year right now between 35 and 40 billion dollars from uh, uh, agricultural uh, agricultural goods, and that the it wasn't as much in 1989 and 1990, but that really threw them for a loop. It destroyed a lot of crops. The Mediterranean fruit fly did. And uh, it probably cost the, their economy several billion dollars, that, that attack.
Was it extortion or was it terrorism? You tell me. And I, I used it just as an example because it's one that's fairly well, fairly well documented. Uh, uh, warfare? Who knows? Uh, but I, I do know that attacks on agriculture uh, and uh, are they're an economic threat. They're a psychological threat. They're a disruptor, a potential disruptor attack. And I mentioned in the column here, I said we're going to wind it up, but that this is a good point for strategy talk uh, listeners. I'm aware of three. There were sure that there were more. Um, very detailed strategic uh, type war games looking at the threat of agricultural terror that were run here in the United States after uh, after 9-11. And I wrote a column uh, about that in, in, in 2004. And one of the one of the games looked at, at foot and mouth disease, uh, FMD, sometimes it's called hoof and mouth disease. And <clears throat> the the British had had an outbreak of foot and mouth disease in uh, in early 2001, and they had to uh, significantly kill off a number of their cattle herds in order to stop the disease. Uh, FMD is regarded as a potential type of gray zone weapon because it really doesn't kill human beings. Human beings get the virus. We we might get uh, a a very short lived uh, fever if you infect it at all, but it just destroys. Uh, 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 cattle. And so here's the differential there. It's not really attacking people. What's it doing? Destroying billions of dollars worth of, 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 of cattle herds and uh, forcing uh, uh, nations to uh, d deal with a, a, huge, uh, a, a huge threat to all their hooved animals. Uh, and, and one of the games I knew, no, something, I got to read some of the results. It wasn't classified. Uh, but uh, it's, there's another gray zone type of attack. Is it, you know, we're going to go and infect a cattle feedlot unless you pay us $10 million. There, sometimes some of these feedlots around the country have several thousand uh, head of, of cattle in it. Yeah, they may be scheduled to be uh Slaughtered, some of them maybe not, but you can, you, if you uh, put, introduce the virus to the, uh, the, uh, the cattle herds, it could be all, uh, all over the entire Midwest, uh, all over Texas, and, uh, and, uh, within, uh, uh within uh, several weeks. And, uh, the destruction would be immense. So that's, that's what that column's about. And I'll turn it over to Jim and he'll tell us about WannaCry. All right, the, uh, the wanna cry is, by the way, uh, there'll be a piece in strategy page. I'll hopefully finish it. It's in progress. I'll, I'll finish it this weekend and get it out, you know, early next week about what is special about wanna cry. But here we'll give you the, the short version. Oh, by the way, uh, something I should mention, a little bit of self-promotion. Um, uh, back in 2002, I, I delivered, I had a book published. I was asked to do it. On, uh, on on internet-based warfare, cyber warfare, called the next war zone. And I just went back and glanced through it. Nothing's really changed. In 15 years, we had the same uh, vulnerabilities, the same tools. Uh, the offense has gotten better. The defense has gotten a little better. Uh, but it's the same nonsense. But as Austin pointed out, uh, it's usually done for a purpose. You know, it's a weapon. Uh, and what a cry is different because nobody can figure out, well, 
who did it is is always difficult because in peacetime you don't want the the uh, victim to know. You just want to terrorize them, as Austin uh, explains. Uh, but uh, the problem is, uh, as as the Romans used to say, who benefits? You know, what's the point? And what's mysterious about WannaCry is that it was it, first of all, it appears to be from North Korea. I mean, this is. Detective work, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> we're not likely to see a lot of TV shows based on, you know, you know cyber uh, detectives because it's really arcane. But to simplify it, uh, even malware, you know, uh, software written by hackers to harm someone uh, is uh, is readable. In other words, you can capture it. Uh, and uh, software professionals can basically do an autopsy, and they do this uh, in cooperation with hundreds or thousands of others. Um, that's how WannaCry was uh, the kill switch was found. The way they, they turn it off, and um, and what they find uh, either just by eyeballing or now they often use analysis programs which analyzes the uh, the code. Um, they find markers. Now, uh, again, as I explained, I think in, in 15 years ago in the book, uh, but it's still true today. Uh, you can use, uh, you can, you can plant uh, markers to uh, to basically shift the, uh, the you know, the uh, to 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 shift the blame, as it were, to make it look like it's coming from somewhere else. But there are so many, you know, there are so many uh, clues, as it were. That you can uh, you can obtain, and uh, a lot of them you don't let the other guy know you have. I mean that's why it's uh, that's why it's so important to you know keep uh, you know a lot of your tools and capabilities secret, because the minute somebody knows about it, they can figure out a way to work around it. Anyway, uh, the the cover was thought to be North Korea, which has mainly been using malware to raise money. In other words, they've been using it like a criminal gang, not so much to obtain intelligence information. Uh, they need cash. Uh, and But the problem was the only two, only few friends or neighbors that are friends that China, North Korea has are Russia and especially China. But most of the victims of WannaCry were in Russia and uh, China, because these two countries have the highest percentage of people, both government and commercial and personal, using uh, illegal copies of uh, Windows, Microsoft Windows. Now, over the last you know ten years, Microsoft has added more and more uh, obstacles to illegally using their software, their their operating system, and other software. Um, and one of those. Uh, uh, Defensive, uh, uh, you know, uh, fixes is to uh, deny users of the illegal, you know, uh, software uh, fixes, you know, the updates, which if you use Windows 10, you know, you get automatically. Well, actually, you could before that, but now you have no choice. Um, and uh, that was done mainly because uh, a lot of people with older versions of Windows or any operating system um will not install the updates right away. Uh, there's a good reason for that. Uh, if you were in the software business like I was back in the from the early 70s or the 60s, actually, uh, you found out that uh, uh, software upgrades, especially operating system upgrades, 
um, you didn't want to install right away. In fact, the rule of thumb with our the mini computers that I was using early on was wait six months. And this was for IBM, which was even then the gold standard, you know, for uh, hardware and software. Uh, so it's been a, it's been a major effort by the uh, the, the operating system uh, publishers, manufacturers uh, to reduce that risk. So people install it. It's, it's especially important for security upgrades. That's why security upgrades and other upgrades, you know, just simply to fix bugs in, in your word processor or spreadsheet or, or whatever, uh, are less important to install than the, than the security upgrades, which they've tried to reduce to something like, you know, the, uh, the scanning, you know, uh, library of, of things to look for, uh, to detect, um, you know, malware. Uh, viruses, whatever. Uh, the uh, older software, which a lot of people are still using, mainly because they have uh, applications, apps, as people call it now, um, which will only work on the older software. Uh, that's what they call legacy software. And uh, we've written about this on strategy page. I mean, some of them, you know, they, they, actually, there's somewhere on the internet you'll find it. People who keep track of the oldest. You know, legacy software still functioning, and some of this stuff goes back, you know, to you know, people are still using mainframes, you know, from this from the 70s and 80s, uh, and because it works, you know, as the old saying goes, if it works, don't fix it. Um, but the uh, problem with the security upgrades is that if you if you're on the internet, if you're connected, as it were, or even not, as the Iranians found out with Duku and and, and Sustex and all that, um, the uh, uh, you are vulnerable, and you have to constantly upgrade your defenses, uh, your security, your internet security, the ability to detect and deal with, uh, you know, hackers trying to plant, you know, uh, that bad software to, to wreck your own, you know, application. Uh, and uh, what WannaCry did was it took advantage of that by using a uh, what they call a zero day exploit now this is a flaw in the software this is a weapon again this i explained this i first had to deal with this in, a, in writing a book back in you know 2002 um, it's a it's there's always been flaws in software but they they became particularly important uh, when people get got connected to the internet because you could more easily exploit them you could do it on a mass scale and the uh, the problem uh, with zero day zero day exploits is that they are basically a weapon until they're patched. And uh, some people, you know, Mike, even Microsoft came out and complained to the U.S. government that you know you shouldn't have ZDEs. Well, how, how are you going to defend yourself if you don't have weapons? Yes, weapons weapons hurt. They hurt others' programs, but basically uh, uh, they are the main source of gaining access to enemy, uh, you know, the enemy systems uh, and doing all sorts of other stuff. Anyway, there was a there was a um, a ZDE that I think it was NASA, you know, one of the the leakers. Uh, I forget exactly who was responsible for this lot. Uh, they they passed out. I think WikiLeaks released it or uh, whatever. And um, uh, Microsoft patched it right away. That was done in March, right after it was released. I mean, you know, Microsoft and Apple and, and even the, you know, the unit Linux crowd, uh, they're very quick to respond to this. But for those who didn't automatically apply the patches, they were vulnerable. And people who are particularly vulnerable are people who are using illegal, you know, operating systems. Now, in China, especially also lesser extent in Russia, there are, 
there are uh, criminal organiza- illegal organizations, that shall we say, who provide patches or uh, you know adapt legal patches to you know uh, to uh, legal uh, copies of uh, Windows to work on uh, crack, you know, as for you know illegal copies, but not everybody buys them. Uh, that's that that's something we've written about. It's a big problem in, in Russia and China, but became a particularly p- big problem now because they found themselves the most vulnerable uh, to this this WannaCry. Now, what WannaCry did was one of the use one of the favorite scams, as it were, tools for internet criminals. It uh, it gets onto your system, and instead of trying to steal your you know your your banking information or, or whatever your your dirty pictures, your what what have you, uh, it basically goes in there and simply encrypts your hard drive. Now, a lot of people have, I think even Windows will auto, well, if you turn that option on, it will encrypt your hard drive and you have the password, you know, the key as they call it, uh, to decrypt it. But what ransomware does, it, it, it employs, uh, you know, a, uh, an encryption program, uh, where you don't have the key. They have the key. And what they've done, this is very clever, um, they found out that if you ask for $300 or 600 if it takes you a little longer, you know, um, uh, in Bitcoin, that's a what they call a cryptocurrency. Again, this will all be explained in this Reddit page article, or you can just you know uh, type it into uh, Google and find out a, uh, a description. But anyway, uh, uh, most people will, uh, unless they have backups that will automatically enable them to uh, you know erase the hard drive, reinstall everything, and and you know screw the hackers. A certain percentage of people will not have backups. And they would say, all right, it's easier for, for me to just pay the $300 and get it decrypted. But as often happens, uh, even though it's bad business, uh, the hacker will, will take the Bitcoin, you know, you transmit it, you know, secretly to their, their Bitcoin account or wallet. Um, they will, they will not. They will take the money and say, well, and they will just not answer any, they will not answer your communications anymore. Uh, now that's what WannaCry did. They basically uh, got about, you know, I think it was 1% of the people, the infected machines paid the Bitcoin ransom. It came to about seventy dollars $80,000. And it went to three, they were offered three different, you know, Bitcoin accounts to send it to. Uh, and the money went there and nobody's taken it. You know, it's still sitting there. Uh, and nobody said, well, what? This doesn't make any sense. In other words, a lot of people are out there. They're screwed. You know, they, they're, they're not getting a, uh, they're not getting a decryption key, even the people who paid for it. Um, and, uh, unless they have backups, you know, and, and other, but basically backups and an ability to quickly, you know, reinstall your system, uh, they're screwed. Now, this made headlines. Uh, not so much because Russia and China had the greatest number of victims, but there are a lot of uh, legitimate, especially government organizations, especially <laughs> in Britain, their their public health organization that have they have socialized medicine, uh, the National Health Service, which is everybody uses. It's very popular, but they, like many government agencies, using an old operating system, they don't install the patches. They can't afford basically to hire. You know the you know the best or even qualified you know uh, people to administer their software. It's a problem in all governments and and poor other poorly run organizations. Um, and uh, they were hit the worst. 
Um, and of course, uh, there's still there's still some hospitals and, and uh, uh, networks in the national health system over there which are still you know having problems. Um, but in most cases, it were just businesses that were not prepared to deal with it. Um, so it doesn't make any sense for North Korea to launch an attack which mainly hurts their few remaining allies. Uh, who are on the internet in a big way, and that means Russia and China. There are other, have other allies like Iran and then Cuba, uh, and well, Venezuela, which this, which barely exists anymore. But anyway, uh, which have, you know, don't have as much of their, their economy and, and government dependent upon, you know, access to the internet. Um, so it doesn't make any sense. So, so the mystery is, uh, Okay, it makes sense initially. Somebody was looking at to make a quick buck using this this NSA ZDE, um, but nobody used. I mean, the users used it. I mean, there's probably several hundred thousand because although uh, the this network of, of white hack hackers, these are the good guys, uh, and a lot of them were working for uh, computer security firms all over the world they immediately got on it as they usually do and one of them i think was two or three of them you know sussed that out the key you know items but anyway it was a fellow in britain who finally decided it's probably uh the kill switch it probably has a kill switch and it's probably uh this uh this internet address which wasn't operating so he registered it which anybody can do it cost him 11 bucks and bingo as soon as that went live uh, he had read the code, and he realized that the the uh, the, uh, the ransomware, the encryption program, didn't start until it first checked this address. And you know that address basically said, if this address is active, this this if it, if I can get somebody on the other anybody, if it's just alive, um, uh, don't run. Of course, there's a second version of WannaCry, which has that fixed, as it were. But people are on the alert now. So anybody who gets stung now is, you know, basically, you know, should have pulled the plug on the Internet until I get this all sorted out. But the Internet is so widely used. I mean, they're basically half the population uh, uh, of the planet has access to the Internet. Now, the, the, the majority of those users are not using Windows. They're using uh, either the uh, well, mo most of them are, are using uh, Android, the uh, you know the cell phone, the smartphone uh, software, and that's a nightmare. Uh, people are are you know not looking forward to because the uh, it's it's well for reasons I won't go into. It's more difficult to uh, apply those uh, there's those, that malware approaches uh, to, uh, to smartphones, but it's only a matter of time. Uh, I mean, this is what I pointed out in 2002 in the, in the next war zone. I said, look, guys, <laughs> I mean, this is part of my day job. You know, the computer secrecy, that's why they came to me in the first place, the publisher. Um, I says, you know, these things, uh, they develop over time. You know, it's like kids. Oh, they grew up so fast. Well, in this case, we're talking about a monster. And <laughs> the monster's coming after your cell phone, you know, uh, not if but when. Uh, and this is what has people horrified. Uh, well, these people in the business, well, when the media gets a hold of it, they, they basically thrive on what I call FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Uh, and uh, But in this case, they weren't too far off. Um, but again, it's not all it appears to be, as Austin and I are trying to explain, um, especially in the case of who did it and why? What the hell's going on here? I mean, this is a true mystery. You don't normally find these. Usually it's a case of, you know, follow the money. 
uh, any detective, you know, any, I mean, I guess procedurals, they call them. That's been uh, popular on TV, which I don't watch much of uh, for 50 years now. Um, but even in the intelligence agency, uh, they basically find out that follow the money and that'll leave all sorts of useful stuff. But there's no money to follow. Did they screw up? Uh, there is one possibility. Uh, they may have discovered that Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies in general are not as secret as they thought. And they're not. I mean, I'm not going to spill any beans, but there have been a few. Well, I do keep track of, you know, for both strategy patients for professional reasons, uh, keep track of the, uh, the progress of, um, of Internet criminals and their success and their failures in particular. And I notice more and more of these these people are getting caught. Now, some cases that's just sloppiness, but the chatter I hear on the on the on the on the uh, open, the public, you know, publicly available, you know, security uh, boards, as it were, uh, chatter, uh, is that there is indeed, uh, as one would expect, uh, you know, a great deal of effort by. Um, uh, by governments everywhere, because this is a purely criminal matter in, in most countries, and it's a matter of national security. And, you know, and in some cases, if it's if it's uh, if, if the ransomware is used, as Austin was pointing out, as a weapon, which can be very effective as. Now, some people will speculate, which I'm not doing. I'm just mentioning it that this might have been just a test. But that doesn't make any sense either. Again, you have to be in the business, as it were. There are other ways to test it. Uh, nobody took credit for it. Uh, now, one thing you have, again, which I mentioned in, in, the, in, the, in the 15-year-old book, um, even back then, people were talking about script kiddies. In other words, these are – you can still do this. Often they were young kids. Uh, and they were basically going on the Internet, what they now call the dark web, which has always been there. It's basically uh, uh, websites that are not, how should I put it, available to the search engines, but they're there. If you know the address, you can go find it. Um, but the, the script kiddies uh, could go to uh, you know hacker sites, as it were, and they could buy or simply get. You know, People would give it away. Uh, kits that allow them to make ransomware or any sort of, any number of hacks. Now, most of these over the years, in the 15 years, there has been progress. It's still easy for a script kitty, a kid, uh, as young as 10 or even younger, to go in there and get this stuff and play with it. Uh, but they will get caught, and you, that occasionally makes the news. Or it will not work. I mean, the defenses are so good, it, it basically can screen out the amateurs. Uh, and, but there was a time, again, 15 years ago, when the amateurs were pretty successful. I, again, that didn't last long. Uh, but that's, I doubt if that was what this was, but it might have been. In other words, they are a likely suspect. It fits their profile. I, I believe that's the phrase used <laughs> with the, uh, with the TV shows, but it's also used in the, uh, software, the cyber war intelligence business. Uh, you look for a profile that is not a deception. Uh, and so what we have here is interesting, but not for the reasons that the media is basically explaining. Of course, strategy page will, and we've just given you a taste. That's a <clears throat> that's a good, uh, I think, a tutorial on on what's happening. The question is, 
like you said, things are going to grow. And for a long time, part of the problem here was the they think WannaCry came out of the NSA. We've got all the intelligence agencies from all the different countries actually trying to find these uh, these uh, first day or zero day uh and the intelligence agencies were actually bid. Uh, there, there are basically, uh, you know, dark web, you know, sites, or actually some some hackers who make a living finding ZDEs. Some of them do it legitimately. They're white hats. They will only sell, you know, to government agencies. But the the government agencies learned. And again, we covered this. We've been in business what almost twenty years now. Uh, if you go back in our archives, you'll find articles. Uh, you know, early on about how that developed the, the market and it basically became legitimate and the, the NSA and, and God knows who else. I mean, you know, the, the, uh, uh, they will pay, uh, market rate as it were, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, now the problem with ZDEs is they have a short shelf life. Eventually they get picked up by the, the commercial internet security providers uh, of which Microsoft is one of the largest. They basically run their own operation, um, and they will patch it. And once it's patched, you know, it's it's bing, it's it's expired, as it were. Um, but so you constantly have to re- refresh. That there is, it's an expensive uh, game to play, as it were, because your your inventory is constantly expiring. Um, and uh, uh, it, what they what they found in in the NSA stuff was a, a ZDE, which had apparently been there for a while. Uh, but as soon as Microsoft found out, it was obscure, but the, the best ones are. It's just my, basically, I think it affected uh, server software, which meant if you, if you could do a phishing attack and get on a in computer in the network, it would it would propagate. It would it'd go viral, as it were, a uh, worm, uh, into all other or most other uh, computers on that particular network. You get into a big network. You can do a lot of damage. Apparently, one of these uh, these these phishing attacks again will it'll it's all on strategy page. Uh, well, it's uh, got into a na- more than one national health service uh, computer, and they have a networker system of networks. And bingo, it was all over the place, shutting down hospitals. Now that's really news. And and hackers, they, they generally the smart ones tend to avoid that. I mean, what's smart? You uh, cyber criminals have learned to do black hats is go after low profile targets that will pay. I mean, ideally you want to go after other criminals, but they have a way of paying, back, paying you back off the books as it were. Um, so, but anyway, you don't want to go after a high profile uh, victim like, you know, national health because, or, or Islamic terrorism, for example, you don't basically uh, uh, do anything to aid and abet Islamic terrorism. There are certain uh, targets that if you hit, you will attract more attention than you really want. And that's why hitting, you know, national health or, yeah, again, airlines, <laughs> that'll, that, that injures a lot of people in more ways than one. Um, and, uh, uh, whoever did this, you know, get into, and of course, with, with the idea of if it's North Korea, why are they doing most of the damage among their, their, their only remaining major ally? So you see what's going on there. It makes no sense. Um, and uh, Jim, there's a there's another report too that I I'm gonna comp that about the North Korean report is that and this could be just fog and, and camouflage, but 
is that this group, Dan, they do have a name, shadow brokers. Of course, nobody, as Jim said, nobody knows how to identify these people. Hey, they're operating in the gray zone. But but, uh, they're going to release information about North Korea's nuclear weapons program. So that this is to try to to obscure, you know, uh, if, if North Korea is is, is responsible for it, I, I, I didn't, Jim, I didn't mean to interrupt on that, but that is that's part of of why you know I, I took this as an opportunity to talk about this kind of gray zone warfare because we don't know where it's coming from. There are indications that it could be coming from a, a, a government. And, yeah, well, uh, I think if people want more more background on this, take a look at Clausewitz. I mean, Clausewitz and in, in the West. Which was not the first, you know, guy to do a, 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 a treatise, a book, as it were, describing how to be, you know, clever and win battles without actually fighting. Uh, but even older than that is the Chinese, uh, military philosopher Sun Tzu, who is revered, always been revered in China. And he always, uh, he goes back, I think, 3,000 years or so. Um, he basically, uh, compiled as he, 500 BC. Yeah, all right, twenty five hundred years. The uh, he he compiled yeah. as did some some Roman authors, Roman experts, that uh, uh, manuscripts that survived. Uh, that all said the same thing. You know, it's better to win a battle without fighting, and here's how you do it. And there's there's basically a a body of information which the Chinese pay more attention to than in the West. And that's a long story. Which again, you know, in the in the West, it's a problem. With uh, it's a cultural thing, uh, the which I think goes back to the the schism between the Eastern Catholic Church and the, and the Western Catholic Church, uh, because the they they, they, they and that part still exists given the way Greece is acting these days. Um, the uh, but Romans basically the the the, the Greeks the Romans will never get over this. Uh, the the Greeks basically. The, uh, kept the Roman Empire going for another thousand years. After Rome fell, uh, they kept it going. I mean, literally, the uh, the the Roman Empire had been split for administrative purposes into an eastern half and a western half. Uh, the Germans invaders, you know, basically captured all of the western half, Rome and what have you. But Constantinople, now Istanbul, uh, for another thousand years. At times, they were they were they were they were huge. They were major powers. They were a major reason why Islam. Did not get into Europe, you know, uh, via the the east. They, they tried to come in through Spain, and again, the barbarians or you know, the Franks uh, managed to stop. And the and the and the uh, the Europeans in Spain spent for years, you know, finally pushing them out. Um, but the thing is, the Chinese, more than in the West, understand and take for granted that this is how you want to fight. Do it without getting, you know, a lot of at least your own people killed. And Westerners are beginning to accept this to overcome the hangups, you know, from all these religious and you know cultural wars that have gone on between, you know, the, the Greek, the Greek, uh, the Greek world and the Latin world, as it were. Uh, again, even the even the even the 500 BC, you know, when Alexander the Great was conquering Persia and what have you, and Rome was just getting stuck, found they found it what 700 BC. Uh, the uh, they they admired the Greeks, but as time went by, they 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 were they, they despised them because they said, "Well, the, you guys are you don't you don't fight fair. 
you know, all the things, all the arguments still apply. But the Greeks were simply following, you know, the, the Chinese, which they basically the Greek reinvented, of, and the Byzantines were famous for that, for being Byzantine. Uh, in other words, for using smoke and mirrors uh, to basically deceive and to win battles, you know, without fighting. And that's why they last another thousand years. Uh, and the, the, the Western world, as Western Europe, they always resented that. They said, you guys don't play fair. Well, yeah, if it's war, fair has nothing to do with it. You want to win as quickly as possible, as as cheaply as possible. And the Greeks were basically better at it. And, of course, the Greeks still have a superiority complex, uh, somewhat justified. But, of course, look what it, being Byzantine got trouble got them into now with their, their, their financial situation. But that's another story. I think you covered uh, covered wanna cry uh, uh, pretty deep here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think think that we've got a nice tutorial that we can. Uh, well, and the version I'm working on, by the way, for SD, the reason it's so long is I, I've got a, a basically a, a, a second half the, the art of the strategy page piece will have a. a uh, you know, description of all the terms, backdoor, Bitcoin, black hat hacker, computer code, cyber decryption. A lot of people, you know, don't know what the hell they're talking about. It's all mumbo jumbo. So we translate it all for you. Um, so the article itself, which is maybe, you know, 200, 300 words, uh, makes more sense. Right. Dan, Dan let me. All right. Well, uh, Dan, I want to okay, add one, one real thing. quick. Jim running down, uh, down the Romans. Kang and Wang and, and warfare without bounds on this. Say the big, big three in strategy are Sun Tzu, von Clausewitz, and Machiavelli. And even though they're Chinese, they say that the, 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 the best of them is Machiavelli because he understands the psychological and the political. And he certainly has aspects of what Sun Tzu would say about the, the greatest commander is the one who never has to fight. For the same, same reason. I'm just, I'm just, but Machiavelli was, uh, he was an unusual character. So anyway, that's that's what Kang and Wang yes. say, and they're they are definitely students of Sun Tzu. I'll, I'll right. end it there. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up there, and uh, we'll talk to you, gentlemen, next time. Until, until then. Bye. Bye.